Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Salamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. All right, trying to get my act together here on a Tuesday. Uh, it is uh, how many days away from? How many days three. away are we from Christmas? Three days. Three days from Christmas. Um, and you know, if you haven't done any of your Christmas shopping yet, it's going to be a war zone out there today. There will be uh, some serious, serious zombies out and about. In yo, yo, day. yo! Wait a second. You can't say war zone. What's wrong with you? Well, what am I? Well, we're trying to be politically correct on this show. I think you've reached the wrong show. Have you stumbled upon the wrong show? Did you stumble into the wrong studio today? Well, right? I'm just worried somebody it, will call. You know, equating Christmas good, shopping let them to call, war. Let them call. Let them call. Yeah, we could use the uh, publicity. I've been accused of, uh, um, you know, pining for uh, listeners and so. How dare I do something like that? Running a radio. Yeah, why would you want any listeners? I, for God's sakes. What am I thinking about bringing on controversial issues, uh, people, etc., uh, for the sake of gathering in some uh, interest for the Gridiron Stud Show? Why? Nobody else does um, that, right? Nobody, nobody in nobody the, the history no. of, of media has ever done anything like that. And I'm one to call the media to task on some things. Like I did last night, Emil, are you familiar with Clay Travis by any chance? Name ring a bell? Should I be? Um, well, Sounds like you know, a country I, singer to me, but um, I'm sure he's not, because uh, well, I know you're not listening you to country. That. Funny you say that. He is from Tennessee and, um, you know, uh, is is kind of based there. However, he is uh, an uh, an analyst, I believe, on on Fox, some type of analyst on Fox. He's a journalist, okay, uh, but a, a lawyer by trade. Um, had a website or has a website called Outkick the Coverage. It's one of those websites that appeal to people who uh, have a little bit of hate for celebs and uh, more specifically athletes. You know, um, there are several of those type web- websites out there. Where no, when you say Fox, you don't athletes. mean Fox Sports. You mean Fox as in Fox no, News? No, Fox Sports. Fox Sports. Oh, okay. Fox Sports. But he, so he hates athletes related. and he works for Fox Sports. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, listen, you know what, Emil, quickly, I'm not even going to say perhaps he hates athletes. Maybe he does. Uh, he was a student basketball manager when he was at George Washington University. So, you know, maybe someone who wished he was on the basketball team but wasn't good enough to be on it. Um, I do know this, though. Uh, his work appeals to those who don't really care for athletes. Still gladly cheer for them but have some kind of deep-seated, rooted hate for the athletes that are making money and, and, appear, and appear to be enjoying life 
uh, much better than they do. There are a number of websites and people in media that are appealing to this segment of society since it's a really fast-growing segment in society where folks are envious of athletes. They don't feel like they deserve the lives that they have. They're just playing a game. They're making millions of dollars, and, they're, and they want to go in as hard as they can on every mistake that an athlete makes as if they're not a you know a real human being like you know how dare they have an altercation with their wife uh how dare they drive drunk how dare they have a speeding ticket how dare they do any of the things that everyone else uh can find themselves doing in their regular lives so they really you know these type of websites really go above and beyond in highlighting these mistakes by athletes to appeal to this segment of society that has a a hate for them so uh, that's this guy, Clay Travis. Why am I talking about him? Because uh, it's another Monday night, uh, another time where Ray Lewis is appearing on the coverage, and it's another night where some jack-off um, uh, wants to go call him a double murderer to appeal to this segment that I'm talking about, just to oh, you know make them feel warm on. and We got that inside. going on again, do we now? We got that. I, you know yeah, what? I, go ahead. Did he even – he never even – I mean, here's what kills me with that whole thing. By the way, when you go ahead and, when when you make this statement, realize the guy Clay Travis is an attorney. I don't care what he is. Well, you know he should know better. For, he wasn't even acquitted of that, right? He was never even tried for it. Am I am I am I misremembering this? No, there was some type of deal made with the uh, you know with with the uh, prosecutors in the case, um, and right. um, you know, so never convicted of. You know, double murder. So prosecutors, um, so, so so a lawyer would argue that a prosecutor wouldn't like to have uh, Ray Lewis's scalp if he could have it. He'd love sure, it. Sure, if he really felt that he did it. Yeah, sure. They would accept some type get, of plea get out deal of here. You know what, never guy, any jail time. I don't even know who he is. He's a hack. If that's if that's all he's got, he's a hack. I'm sorry. Well, let me tell you what happened. I ignore these things every Monday because somehow they end up on my timeline. I mean, without fail, every Monday when Ray Lewis appears on a segment, you've got the he's a double murderer. He shouldn't even be able to speak. You got those those idiots that come out, and uh, you know, lo and behold, this this clown comes out and says that. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure that he's a clown. I'm still stuck on trying to figure out is he he he's obviously intelligent because he graduated. From law school. Is well, so wait a second. No, wait a second. Wait a second. You just made a big leap there. He's learned. You got to have a certain. Listen, listen. He went you to Vanderbilt. You got to be graduated able to from George learn. Washington. He's 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 got to have a certain amount of intelligence. Okay. I'm guarantee you his intelligence is above those who are following him. So here's why I am. I'm a little stuck between is he in, so intelligent that he knows that I sh- I can appeal to these brainless folks that are out there and make a good living for myself or am I one of them and they just happen to be following me because I attacked the guy on Twitter um, and I was immediately uh, trolled by and descended upon by all his minions who wanted to come after me um, and attack me because I had something to say to this guy about him saying Ray Lewis was a double murderer. So I spent about a good 45 minutes last night batting down all these minions coming at me and, you know, putting them in their place, um, you know. So I spent I spent a good portion of my, more of my, my night last night just uh, well, abusing these people on Twitter. Let me so. let me first let me first give you a couple things. OK, I have him up here right now on my screen. He's 36 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. So if he's doing Fox Sports, chances are he didn't practice law very much in his life. You with me? Mm-hmm. You're about no, 26. I, I agree. 
Okay. Probably started it and quickly saw another way to make money in life. Correct. Okay, so he graduated law school. Now, we use we, we can get into a whole conversation, but we won't because it's a football show. But mm-hmm. there's all different, you know, people throw the word around smart and intelligent. There's all different kinds of intelligence. There's a guy who can take an IQ test and score real high on it. There's people with high emotional intelligence and EQ. And matter of fact, a lot of companies use an EQ score anymore way over. And I, in other words, you can feel you're, you have a high, as a compliment, would have a high mm-hmm. EQ. You, you, mm-hmm. you got a good read on people. I've known you for a long time. You're good at reading people and how they're going to react to things. And that's important. So all I'm telling you is I'm not saying the guy is or isn't intelligent intelligent because I wouldn't know him if I if I ran over him in a parking lot accidentally. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is let's not just assume because he went to school and he's got a couple things on the wall that he's necessarily the kind of intelligence that I think you're thinking of. He's just intelligent enough to figure out how to make hey, a well, living. Well, he's not an astrophysicist. I know this, but there's a certain level I feel of intelligence. Right, he's got he's got some street smarts cuz he's figured out a way to make some money. Um, oh yeah, I can appeal period. to the I can appeal to the yes. mindless and it's a growing uh, it's a growing business out there, and one that I, you know, I may indeed, uh, you know, I feel inspired. Why not? I may, uh, yeah, I may want to start doing that. I do know this, though. I need to up my blogging game. That's for sure. I need. I really do need that. I think I have the gift of writing, and so I need to get into that more. However, um, I'm just, uh, look, I'm fed up with, uh, with that part of society. It's not going to go away, though. They hate athletes. And uh, they will love anyone that well, will let's uh, be honest, shower criticism. We've talked about this, so let's, we won't beat it to death on the show. But, but the whole Ray Lewis thing, to me, doesn't even break down as an athlete thing. And I've said this, and I've called mm-hmm. people out up here that I know. You know, To me, mm-hmm. the Ray Lewis thing breaks down simply. And it's, I don't see most things this way, but this one oh, I Oh, I know where you're going, race, and I agree. It's a race oh, issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a race yeah. issue. Okay, because I've got Definitely. people up here that will tell you that what a guy Ben Roethlisberger is, and he very well may be, okay? He very mm-hmm. well may be. Um, mm-hmm. He is a great quarterback, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, he, if you remember before he got married, was accused not mm-hmm. once, not once. Twice. But twice yeah. of rape. Now, like I've always mm-hmm. said, once that happens, okay, we've seen it throughout society where people are accused incorrectly of rape. But twice, um I'm not saying, again, he's never convicted of anything. All I'm saying is, boy, he is one unlucky SOB, okay? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost think the Steelers said, hey, buddy, you got to get married, okay? Right. And, hey, Mrs. Rothelsberger, your husband can't go out after 8 o'clock at night to get milk, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Um, right. But the people up here will tell you that what a guy, and it was he was accused falsely, blah, blah, blah. Ray Lewis, he's a thug. That's it. Yeah. Thug, why? Yeah. Uh, you were, you were like breaking a up a little bit there, so if you want to repeat that, that'd be great. I said Ray Lewis is a thug, according to most people uh, sure. who are not sure. black. I mean, okay, that's and, what, you know why? That word has become like uh, exclusive. That word has become an exclusive term used for blacks. Well, I've no never heard, listen. I'm a white guy, okay, and and I you know me. I don't see most of the time. I think a lot of this race stuff is is people being way oversensitive, and I, I think it's stoked by a lot of white people who want to you know ingratiate themselves with blacks, and you know so they want to pretend that they're more caring and all that crap. But in this case, I will mm-hmm. tell you that I, I think the word thug is code for you know you could say what you want. I've never heard of, of you know 
a guy that I'll use the term white trash. I've never heard him referred to as a thug. Mm-hmm. I know. I know it. I just you just don't hear, and it doesn't matter what has happened. Um, could have robbed an old lady of her handbag. Um, punched someone for no reason in a convenience store. You just don't hear that term. A troubled young man. Uh, emotionally a troubled young term. man. Yeah, these are the terms that Whatever, are thrown but, out. But you know, so that's my take. You get on someone Ray of color Lewis. to do any of those things, thug. Thug. That's it. And and Ray, yep. to me, Ray Lewis. You know, look at everything that's happened since he was accused of that crime that he was never even tried for, didn't commit according to the law. He's done nothing but good things. I mean, the guy, <laughs> he's done nothing. He's got out of his way. He's got out of his way to help people who are dying of cancer. I mean, I've watched videos on this guy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. documentaries, things he's done, nothing but good. So if if he really did that, man, he made one hell of, of, of a 180, didn't he now? Real quickly, yeah. too. Yep. So. Yep, it's my absolutely. Take on it. So this is what we get. So uh, I mean, that's it for them. I've had the minions coming at me. They're all mindless. Um, quite frankly, you know what? They're defending a guy who's, you know, significantly, I may be significantly smarter than them. Um, and uh, you know, I, he he did very little to um, defend himself again, other than to make one tweet back to me. But all the minions came. Um, and I just feel like they're all the he did marry a Titans cheerleader. It says here, so at least we give him kudos for that. Come on, let's yeah, be honest con- here. In the con- Gridiron Stud Show, we, we give credit where credit is due. Yeah, con- congrats to him on that. I think all these people coming at me on Twitter, there are the same people that call the Paul Feinbaum show. And if you've ever listened to the show, um, not something to be proud of. You got a you got a lot of uh, low IQers calling into that fine bomb show, and it's kind of what I had coming at me last night. Nevertheless, there was a big issue that went down uh, on the field that has spilled over, um, you know, spilled over to Monday. It's going to spill over into Tuesday and however many days to come. And that is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Josh Norman, the whole matchup. By now, everyone knows what went down there. Uh, what's your take on that, Emil? Because, you know, I, I, I do have one of my own. Well... I was okay. Listen, I thought, you know, Beckham at first, it was just doing just the regular fighting. I thought he did more just to embarrass himself and his team by showing that this guy got under his skin, okay? But I do think the the play where he ran full tilt and basically launched himself while standing at another guy standing, trying to headbutt him with a helmet on, was, was mm-hmm. a dangerous play, okay? And I, I think it was almost Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson-ish, when he, when he bit off Holyfield's ear, almost mm-hmm. like, man, you have got so far under my skin that I'm I'm going to embarrass myself and my team right now because that was bad. And I, I listen, I'm somebody who I always thought Beckham was a nice guy from what I've heard, but man, that was bad. He lost his mind. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just uh, it just boiled over. Uh, and he just went a little too far. I, and, and, you know, I'm kind of getting the feeling, though, that his giant teammates are a little bit tired of his antics. And they have to deal with it because he's producing on the field. But lo and behold, if 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 Beckham Jr.'s production falls off, you're gonna you, now all the stuff they've been storing up is going to come pouring out. Um, he has the whole pregame ritual with the uh, one-hand catches and all the dances and is drawing a tremendous amount of attention to himself. And I think there's a, a segment out there, and I, 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 
I'm getting the feeling that it's uh, quite a few of his teammates that have grown tired of it. And then it boiled over into what you saw on the field on Sunday where um, it was it went beyond the antics. Now it's 15-yard penalties, three of them, um, that cost the team. And now he's suspended, which will cost the team further, and the guy needs to really pull back a little bit. I think he's become a little bit too much in love with the uh, attention, the immediate attention that he's well, getting. Well, I think he got two focus. separate issues. I think he got two separate issues. One, um, the drawing attention to oneself, you know, that used to annoy me, but here's the way I look at these guys anymore. Their careers, most of them, are relatively short. Quarterbacks and linemen tend to, you know, they hang around a while, and maybe that's some of the guys who get more ticked. But if you're playing outside, uh, the minute your speed goes for most of these guys, they're done. You know, I mean, there's, and you even said it on the show in a different way the other day. I said, ranking the receivers, I said, this year, God, you'd have to say Brown and Beckham are the best mm-hmm. in the game. And you said, but yeah, that changes year to year among the top group because. Different things happen. Like last year, you'd have Des Bryant in there. This year, he got hurt. He lost his quarterback. You'd have Julio Jones sure. in there most years. So I guess my point is they know that this this is fleeting for a lot of these guys. They're not going to be in the league 10 to 15 years, most mm-hmm. of them. So they're mm-hmm. trying to make some money off it. He's doing ESPN commercials. Sure. That part I kind of understand. The 15-yard right. penalties on the field. I mean, if I'm on his team... <laughs> We're having a conversation. I think somewhere. they're okay with – they'd be okay and I stress okay um, if it was just that. But when it boiled over into, you know what, forget about a football game that's happening here. We're the Giants. We're trying to get in the playoffs. And that's the Panthers. They're trying to chase history. Forget about all that. I'm. It's just going to be all about me against this guy today. And I just think uh, he probably uh, – other, you know, outs- – more than just getting suspended, stepped in a little bit of uh, poo right there with his with his plays. I think that's his biggest problem I mean, is going to be his teammates. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it's one 15 yard penalty, like if I, let's put it this way, if I'm playing with you, and I I, I get a late hit on the quarterback, but I, I light him up mm-hmm. good, legal hit mm-hmm. late, you're mm-hmm. kind of okay with that because you you know that down the line that might help us because that quarterback is going to remember the next time I come around the corner. He's, uh, he's going to remember the last time I hit him. But when you get three silly 15-yard penalties, because as you said, it became you against this guy, I'm not okay mm-hmm. with that because you just gave away mm-hmm. half the football field for yeah. something that's just, uh, you know, you, if you and Norman want to have a fight after the game, you know, schedule a place to go yeah, meet hit the in tunnel. the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah hit the tunnel and, have a and fight. you guys could do it right in there. I mean, and right. that'll get you all the attention you'd ever want, so... Yeah, let's just stick to football, you know what I mean? Um, I've seen him go up against Revis, and uh, he clearly was nothing like that. Perhaps he has a little bit more respect for Revis because of the longevity and the body of work that Revis has. Josh Norman's a a young guy in this league trying to come up too, so maybe there was something there. We did see Revis and Dez go at it on Saturday, and while it got intense, it didn't reach this level. And um, I just think this whole thing – um, like a like you know, like some hot cream of wheat just boiled over and hit the burners, and now there's a stink smell out there. One last thing before we get into uh, previewing and wrapping up what went on this last weekend. Um, it's been the talk of the town, and it's the Miss Universe blunder by Steve Harvey, and of course the memes have just come out in 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 droves. They're not gonna stop anytime. People are going to have their fun making fun of Steve Harvey. But I will say this, and you may have seen it on my Facebook page. 
Um, I, you know, I wasn't a fan of this guy, but I'm a fan now. After watching him, after this whole incident, go stand up in a press conference, explain what happened there, and then take questions. Um, and some from some, you know, poob up reporters that didn't want to let it go and wanted to ride the guy into the ground as if, you know, what happened there wasn't enough. They just really, really wanted to drive it into the ground. And the guy stood there and took the questions and explained multiple times exactly what happened. And I can appreciate him taking ownership of it. I can appreciate him not sitting there and letting Miss Columbia get crowned when she shouldn't have been coming out. I mean, how hard did that have to be? come out. It did, but first of all, of I think he day. made the right choice. Uh, I was looking at those two women, and my wife agreed with me. I, I'm with Columbia all the time. By the way, I did spell Columbia wrong yesterday when discussing this on Facebook with you. I used the university or the space shuttle rather than the country yes, for that. Yes, it's been I driving me nuts, Emil. I mean, no, yes. I don't think I've seen anyone not Colombian spell it right. Um, so yes. it's been driving me. So what does that tell you? Crazy. Maybe we need to change the spelling in today's society. That said, there you go. Um, I that think is he, such I think an American view, right there. By the way, it is right. Let's just you know we like it this way. That's the way it is. Um, exactly. She, she should have been us. the winner, Steve. Don't feel bad. I, I think you, I think you picked the right woman. So, uh, Sophia Vergara, I'm sure, agrees with you. And Miss Germany, by the way, <laughs> said none of the girls voted for the Philippines. France should have been the winner, but she was fine with Colombia as well. Okay, so now, Steve was right, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, though, this was this a good thing for for the Miss Universe oh, competition. Yeah. I mean, this was. Chad, this was I didn't know they were having the damn pageant until I saw this. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I got my news where I get all my news from Twitter. <laughs> and yeah. I realized, uh oh, we've got a problem in the Miss Universe pageant that I wasn't watching. What what happened there? So I uh, was able to yes. see the clips. But I will give this guy credit for um, standing up and, and uh, facing the heat. I, you know, when you're a comedian, I think you've had a certain amount of training and being able to do that. I don't know how many. Um, other folks who've not been in that line of work would have been able to do Let what he tell just you, did. Next but year, kudos, if they were yeah. smart, I'm being dead serious. If they're smart, they'd have him back as the host. Mm. Oh, Think well, about it. Yeah, how about it? Uh, and that's going to be interesting to see if they do indeed do that or is he done forever as a host. I think he would be uh, more prepared than anyone ever has been. Um, if he's allowed to do this again, you know what I mean. So it's uh, no. Think about the joke when you get up there. Let's say next year it is France and Germany, and he says, "And Miss Universe is Miss Australia," because everybody would get the joke then. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I probably would bring him back uh, next yeah. year, but you know, public pressure is probably gonna um, hit a hit a real groundswell yes. against something like that. I'm sure, and uh, there may because be we know that we know that these pageants are such serious business. Say that again? These pageants are serious business? It's a serious business. I mean, my God, the world will never be the same. Well, you know, um, on that note, for some of these countries, though, this is like the biggest thing that could happen. You know, Um, I could remember as a kid um, uh, Miss Trinidad winning, and it was a big, big deal for the country. Uh, I mean, it's a small country, you know what I mean? And um, to be recognized for something by a, a citizen um, across the country is a really, really big deal. For America, oh, n- no big deal. But you we're, did the advice you, the you, you did with the advice I would have given you had I known you back then, although probably not because I would have been about five. But, but now mm. you moved. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's 1979. <laughs> seven years old. I wouldn't. I didn't have much control over anything. Yeah, Not but that you I have moved. control now. But. I mean, come on, man. It's Miss Universe or Miss USA. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> oh man, there you go. All right, uh, that's that's the story there. We need to take a very, very, and I mean a very, very quick break. When we get back, we're going to wrap up the NFL that was this past weekend and then also preview this upcoming weekend because this is going to be the only Gridiron Stud show this week. It is Christmas, for crying out loud. We can't be sitting up here doing these shows. Uh, who do you think we are? All right, so this is the only show this week. So we're wrapping up and we're previewing, and we're going to do that right after this quick break. Summer's definitely gone. We're definitely into winter, but that doesn't mean you uh, that you need to be putting your T-shirts away. We're not putting them away down here in South Florida. Sorry for all you folks up in your neck of the woods there, Emil. But uh, whether it's the company recreational basketball team, a youth soccer league for the kids, or you know uh, any kind of uh, family party uh, that your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as mar- uh, much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Um, you know because that's what they do up there in New England. Uh, or the Sunday preacher telling you to send them money to be saved. Americans love T-shirts. Uh, we invented them, after all. Screen-printed T-shirts are costly when done for small groups, limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors, more costly. The answer to do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and hand iron. Whether it's 7-on-7, seven seven, uh, it's your child's birthday party, the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right. With heat transfer papers sold at T-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos. You can do the wording however you want. And you can print it on inkjet uh, paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com and iron it on with your own hand iron. Who knew? Uh, the designs or pictures you put on your t-shirts are only limited by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it on your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you've never done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service. They'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com, or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 857 Paper, t-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. We'll be right back right after this.
I think you've had your rock fill. It's ACDC. That's all we're rolling with here today, uh, by the way, Amol. I've lost all my audio here for the uh, Gridiron Stud Show today. But nevertheless, we are uh, we can handle a little adversity on this show, can't we? Sure. I said, can't we? Yes, we've trained for that. All right, there we go. Good grief. I said yes. You're not I ready to you run out of, you. You're not ready to run out of the tunnel, my friend. Come on. No, I'm go. ready we to run go. out of the tunnel we got to go cover a kickoff or something here. All right. The NFL was upon us this past weekend. Uh, we we were kind of making fun of the uh, mediocrity. Is that They call it parody. We're calling it mediocrity. Isn't that, isn't that right? And is that what we're calling this thing? Yes. And when we get to our picks and we go through these games, you and I each took horrible, I mean horrible losses like that we did not deserve in those games. We did? Yes. We each took a loss in, in our picks that was just – Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I pulled out. Yeah, I know. I pulled out a winning weekend, and it's been a while. Uh, just it felt almost like a virgin. Yes, you were two and one. Uh, and you, you know what? You <laughs> used that theory. Kind of you went the opposite of of, of, of what my you thought process. Yeah, I broke every rule. <laughs> I broke every yeah. rule, and it worked out for me somehow. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the let's let's go through these picks. I'll talk. I'll start off with the brutal loss. It came in the game that everyone was talking about. Uh, not only because of the little individual drama that we had going on, because it ended up being a good game, much to my chagrin, because uh, at a certain point here, the Panthers had seized complete control of this contest and uh, well on their way to uh, continuing their undefeated status, which they ended up doing. But, uh, you know, when they were sitting there at 35-14, I was like, all right, uh, six and a half. We're good to go. And then uh, stuff happened. Then it's 35-21. Then it's 35-28. And then... Uh, Mr. Crazy Man, Odell Beckham Jr. catches a touchdown to tie up the game, and it's 35-35, and then I realize he ain't winning this one. So uh, I don't know how that happened to me. No, that was weird. You know, the one thing I do notice in a couple of these wins against uh, teams this year with the Panthers is their defense in some places is a little bit older, and it's it, it seems to tire out. Like that happened to them in that Packer game, if you recall. The Packers had – uh, some shots at the end zone down by a score at the end after they had a huge lead and had dominated uh, a good chunk of that game. So just something to keep your eye on as the playoffs approach because I seriously believe the Panthers' two main threats are the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Um, I, th- I, th- I think right now that's pretty mm. much for me the pecking order in the NFC. I think one of those three teams will be in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I really don't see. Matter of fact, the Cardinals are at home against the Packers this week, so we'll you know we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I, that was a weird loss for you. But go ahead, talk about your wins. The hell with the losses. Oh yeah, I don't do double digits. I don't lay that kind of stuff. Basically, it's not something that I, I like doing. I will do it on a rare occasion, maybe once uh, an entire year. Uh, did it twice in this one Sunday. Went with the Patriots because, you know, I feel like the Titans are just about a finished product for this 2015 season. And if they weren't going into this game, uh, they may be now with Marietta on the shelf. But as it pertains to this game right here, the Patriots needed after a couple of losses a couple of weeks ago to start building back up uh, their bully factor. And it, that meant that at home against the Titans, you can't be messing around with these guys. So they went out. Handle their business, uh, disposed of these guys, 33-16, a little too close for comfort on the number, but nevertheless got the job done. And then the other game was, we're talking about the Cleveland Browns now. Uh, this is a team that's a franchise that just hasn't been right 
since the Brian Sipe days, and you youngsters can go Google that. Um, it's been a while since Cleveland's had their act together, and here they are going out to Seattle, another team with something, another good team with something to prove because Seattle had some trouble at a certain point in this season, and uh, they need to, they need to, you know, unlike the Patriots who are in, Seahawks need to win football games to be in, and uh, I didn't think they would have any kind of a letdown here, and they didn't. Uh, it was a little close at a certain point, but they ended up winning 30 to Well, the football gods, the by the way, in both of those games smiled on you because uh, at the end the Patriots had gotten a turnover, and, uh, you know, the clock is winding down. The Titans are using their timeouts. They get to the two-minute warning. At this point, on a third-down play, if the Patriots get a first down, in, you know, they're on the 15-yard line. If the guy bolts into, like, say, the four-yard line and gets tackled, you're going to lose because then they're going to take a knee. Sure. But if you just get stopped, sure. they're going to kick field goal because they have to. He does get stopped, right. and you get the field goal on the cover. The good guys win. And uh, in the Seattle yeah, game, a, I am aware of that little thing at the end there that helped me out. But pretty uh, close kudos to them for being, being in that position. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not criticizing the pick because when you're up, when you're laying double digits in the NFL, typically you're going to need that to break your way at the end or something. You know where you, they don't give up the back door. I mean. Mm-hmm. You were two and one. That's all that matters. You could have been three and zero. Oh. I'm just saying that the good guys usually, when that happens, when you and I make those picks, uh, the field goal doesn't get kicked for us. It seems. Here's another thought on this, though. Um, there probably were many that went the other way with that. That took uh, that took the team because of double digits. And this is what teams like that do uh, at this point in the year. They just do something at the end that end up not only losing the game, but um, end up losing by by the amount of the point spread. It just happens that way. This oh. is what these teams do on a regular basis. So I just thought maybe I'd give myself a chance to be on the other end of that. The winning. Oh, absolutely. There's a reason that they're getting 14 and 15 points. They suck. So I mean, that's what that's what terrible teams do. Point blank, technically speaking. Right. Yeah. So. So. No, so anyway, uh, that was a one one weekend. Where am I at now? 17 and 25 with your. Two pushes, which we both have. Two pushes. God, so I'm just praying. I'm just praying to get to uh, 500 on this season and clean up this mess somehow, some kind of way. Well, I was not as lucky uh, or as as skilled. Let's put it that way. As you, I was one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started off, you know, I, and I, I guess this is a mistake on my part. I took Jacksonville, and I don't know. If it, for some reason, I watched some of the game. And the the turning point in this game, they ended up losing 23-17 as a three point favorite against Atlanta. They're uh, 14-3 with 11 seconds left in the first half, and they're on the Atlanta one-yard line. And Blake Bortles decides he's going to throw an out. Now, there's about it gets intercepted. To Bortles' credit, he chases the guy down at the 25-yard line. It appears the clock is is run out, and instead of getting three or seven, I'm just going to go down in 14-3 at half. But alas, the refs review it, and there was a second left on the clock. So not only don't I get three or seven points, they give up three. <sighs> And they're down 17-3 at the half. They dominate large chunks of the second half, moving the ball up and down the field, tying the game, but then at the end give up two field goals and lose 23-17. It was a hard loss because I felt like I had the better team in the game. But, again, they're Jacksonville. So, to your point on on the earlier conversation, I should know that's what Jacksonville does. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then? Yeah, that's what they do. Jacksonville was Jacksonville-ing. Say that yes. fast. Yes. So I took a loss there. I had the, probably one of the easier winners of the day, and uh, you know I'm a you know with my Cowboys pretty much done this year. I'll be an Arizona and Seahawks fan because of the Trojan ties to both teams. 
but I just liked Arizona in this game. I, 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 I don't like anything I see with what, what's going on in Philly. DeMarco Murray got two carries in this game. If I'm the owner, I'm telling you right now, if this is my business, Chip Kelly's getting fired. Because I'm saying, you know what, you made me spend this amount of money and literally one halfway through the first year of a five-year deal, you decide this guy doesn't fit your offense, I'm firing him. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, that right? I mean, he, he's the guy who signed him. It's not like three years in the guy lost his skills. You're talking halfway into the first year. He's not getting any carries. The Eagles have no defense. The Cardinals exposed that, and it was a 40-17 to 17 win. Very easy. And then finally, this is my painful one. I take the Broncos plus six and a half, which, by the way, went up oh, to that seven one. at game that time. That sucked. Yeah, that sucked. Went up to seven at game time, so some people who may have listened got a push. But the Broncos are up 27-10 and just dominating the first half of this football game. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know what happened. The Steelers have a good offense, no doubt about it. But the Broncos just, their offense went to sleep did nothing, and the Steelers got back in the game, eventually winning it 34-27. I lose by half a point. I take a loss. I drop to 17-26 and with a couple pushes, so I'm a half game behind you. And, uh, you know, that one left me scratching my head, so what can I say? Yeah, well, you know, I was kind of watching that one unfold, and uh, uh, I felt that same pain for you. All right, but the good thing there is, there's another week upon us, and there's a chance to kind of do something about these stinky records that we have right now in the NFL. So where do you want to go from here? Do we want to jump into the picks? Do we want, kind of want to preview? Or oh, you know what? Well, why don't we do, do you our want to picks, talk? and then we'll talk about any other games that we don't pick that may interest us or you see a reason to talk about it. Because, again, once again, there's only 11 teams with a winning record in the NFL. So many of these games are going to involve – a team that's probably moving forward versus a team that's trying to make uh, vacation plans with their wives uh, shortly after the new year. Okay. So yeah. why don't we, why yeah. don't we just go to- the, the unfortunate thing is we've got how many games here that, that do not have uh, a line currently? Uh, what are we looking at? One, two. The Dolphins and the Colts do not. The uh, Saints and the Jaguars do not. I'm sure you wanted to be all Yeah, you're going to get a lot of that this time of year for the mere fact of injuries and, you know, all that good stuff. So, I mean, that's that's just part of the part of the deal late in the season in the NFL is guys start, you know, they start deciding if they're going to shut guys down who are playing through injuries. And, you know, a lot of times they wait to hang lines on games, especially when the quarterback or a key offensive weapons involved. Yeah, I don't know how many rules I can break this week. I just had that rule-breaking feeling, um, so I'm going to just dive into this thing. Uh, I am going to make a crazy pick here for everyone. There is nothing to suggest over the last six weeks, uh, maybe even longer, that the uh, Atlanta Falcons are worth any kind of a pick from anyone. I mean, for God's sakes, they have failed to cover the number in uh, six of their last seven games. They did break a, a nice streak by uh, beating Jacksonville, much to your chagrin, last week. But when I look at what Carolina has just gone through um, in you know the last 24 to 48 hours and what this week is likely to be about, I think this is probably a part in their schedule where they could, uh, if the streak was going to end, this would probably be that place. Um, you, you've had all a ton of distractions um, coming off of this game. Um, and uh, this would, I just feel like rolling into this game against Atlanta, who you just beat by uh, 38 points, you shut them out two weeks ago, maybe you don't come into this thing with your head on straight, and perhaps seven points here 
Uh, might be a little bit too much. We might get a game like last week. So maybe they do come out the winner. Um, they've had to win a game by a field goal in two of the last three weeks. Um, this may be another week where they have that, or this could be a week where that streak ends. And then who knows how much some of these guys are going to play. That has been an issue in the talk. So, uh, crazily, I'm going to ride with Atlanta. Maybe they got they got a tiny bit of mojo back last week, and uh, they played his team hard because they just got embarrassed a couple weeks ago. So, I'm going to you know what's on funny? I actually looked. I actually looked at that game, and I almost made it a pick. And I'm not just as uh, that's the truth. And you want to know? As as crazy as this sounds, Atlanta is not eliminated from their seven that and seven in this crazy and world of the NFL that we've got. The Vikings going on have right games now. left with the Giants and at the Packers. So I think I think there's a scenario where if the Falcons win out and the Vikings lose out, the Falcons could sneak in. I haven't studied it, but I do believe that that's the case because the Vikings have not clinched yet. So I think that's the one thing in play here. Yeah, so um, Atlanta has something to play for for more than one reason. Carolina might be a little bit distracted, might be a little bit exhausted, so I'm going to take them there. Uh, I'm going to make another crazy pick. Uh, Very few reasons to take the San Francisco 49ers because they've looked like death for quite some time now, having lost four of their last five games. They've failed to cover the last two. They were soundly beaten at home by Cincinnati last week. But what we have here is a Detroit Lions team that's mediocre coming off of a road win on a Monday night football game uh, that kind of got a little crazy. Um, Call me crazy. I just don't think Detroit comes back with their mind uh, altogether in, in following up something like that. You know, Monday night... Um, games mess up teams the next week, and Detroit's not solid enough mentally, I think, to overcome something like that. So if Detroit is going to win this game against San Francisco, I have a feeling it's going to be a big back-and-forth deal with a last-minute you know, kick or something like that. I just don't see them going out and someone saying they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, and better than someone and then actually going out and covering it, especially off of the Monday night game. So I'm going to actually back the San Francisco 49ers in this one. They did go out three weeks ago and win at Chicago, so it's not impossible. Makes I will back perfect them in sense, this one. to be honest with you. <laughs> it really yeah, does. I, uh, one of the first things I do every week is look who played Monday night, see what happened, and see if there's a chance that uh, too much chalk is being thrown their way. Um, and and it just, they fit the description. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna roll with that one. And then the uh, Seattle Seahawks, um, I'm going to ride them again. Uh, they've been double-digit favorites. The last two weeks, and they've covered both times. Here they are home again against a St. Louis team that has been a complete and total thorn in their side. For uh, You know what? Since the duration of the Seahawks' rise, the, the Rams have been a problem. But the Rams aren't much of a problem for many people these days. Even when they win, they look sloppy. Um, they've lost five of their last seven football games. They're not the Rams... Um, that they're not the kind of Rams teams that have been giving the Seahawks problems. They're, just, they're low on confidence. They're not doing things the way they need to do them. And this is a perfect opportunity for Seattle to kick this team in the nuts. That's been a problem for them for uh, the last couple of years, and I think they'll seize that opportunity. Seattle playing great ball right now, playing great defense, very efficient offensively. I think that continues, so I will uh, take them as a damn near two-touchdown two favorite. Here I am, jumping on the uh, double-digit favorites again. Maybe I ride this train until it, the wheels fall. Yeah, you know... You know what I didn't realize, too, you know, because Seattle hasn't looked as dominant this year, but when I went and looked at points, four points against the season, they're second in the league to the Bengals, and there's only a five-point difference overall. I mean, yeah, yeah I well, kind of just looked at Seattle this year and said, oh, you know, their defense hasn't been as good. But, yeah, it has. 
Yeah, well, you know, um, when they've won, they've they've won, um, and when they've lost, they've been close ball games. So that kind of helps with that whole deal. So um, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay, so, so let's recap that real quick. What do you got? Atlanta plus seven, Seattle minus thirteen, and I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers plus seven and a half. That's how I'm rolling. Okay, well, you and I are kind of in the same train of thought, but not the same team. So let's start off. I'm I'm going to take a double-digit favor here, and uh, to me it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they showed me a lot dominating Baltimore last week, because really if you go back and look at the Ravens, while their record doesn't suggest it, the Ravens had not been blown out other than the, the previous game by that Seahawks team you're talking about. The Chiefs went on the road in a game that they don't, you know, they need it, but they could they could have easily just went through the motions and won that game by seven or three or whatever. But they went out, they played a very solid football game in Baltimore, pretty much controlled it beginning to end, won the game, uh, you know, 34-14, and that tells me something about Kansas City. They're on a mission. They've won eight in a row. They're home. They can still win the division, believe it or not, because now they're only a game behind Denver. Um, and they're playing a Cleveland team that's going on the road a second week in a row, having played played Seattle. And right now, Seattle and Kansas City are two hottest teams in the league. I'm going to ride the Chiefs. I think they're going to get an easy blowout win here against the Browns. Uh, they're laying 12.5, and, and I'm gladly going to lay all those points. Yeah, um, I, I thought about going that route, but then a part of me was like, hey, the Browns kind of put up a fight in, in Seattle there. I hope they don't jump up and do it again, man. But the Chiefs, um, arguably playing the best football in, in, in the NFL right now. And you know what it's like trying to get a win in Kansas And there City, is a so, huge uh, game, by the way. We, I'm not going to pick it, but we're going to talk about it. Denver has Kansas, Cincinnati coming to town. And, you know, you could say, well, Andy Dalton's out. But Cincinnati leads the league in defense. And McCarron is probably just as good if you know, as, as the guy playing quarterback for Denver right now. So if Cincinnati mm-hmm. beats Denver and Kansas City runs the table, Kansas City is your AFC West champion. With how about that record? Yes. Yeah. How about that? So, um, so yeah, Kansas City could easily go out and win this game, forty-one to three. You know. Yes. Now I'm going to be a big game hunter here, and the one really big game here in the NFL that matches two good teams. We have the New England Patriots, uh, twelve and two, heading to New York to play the Jets Jets at nine and five. Uh, the Jets mm-hmm. escaping. Texas, my my Cowboys, uh, with a beating them on a field goal late in the fourth quarter in 1916. Typical for the Cowboys. Here's the thing in this game: even when the Jets suck, they've tended to give the Patriots a bad time, have they not? Yes, this is true. Yes, they have. And the Jets no really don't suck this year. Anything but suck. They're nine and five, and they're playing pretty good defense. And Fitzpatrick actually looks like a you know serviceable quarterback. And they're getting three points at home against the New England team that I watched chunks of that game against the Titans Sunday. They struggled at different points in that game to move the ball against the Titans. They really did. I mean, they scored on defense, and they had moments. But, I mean, it wasn't like they just went through Tennessee like a hot knife through butter. I think the Jets are going to be ready for this game. They lost the first game this year 30-23. to It was a push against the spread. That was in New England. I'm going to call for the Jets, obviously, with only getting three points, which I'll still take them. But I think the Jets get the out right here. I have a feeling that they're confident. Uh, New England just, to me, doesn't look right. Even in that Texans game that they won 27-6, the Texans had no offense, and it took the Patriots a good three quarters, three and a half quarters, to really put that game away. So I, I'm just, 
I, I think they miss Edelman, and uh, the, their line has not been what it's, it, it, it has been. Brady's been getting hit, and God knows mm-hmm. if you're getting hit, the Jets are not the team you want to play because he's going to bring blitz after blitz. Um, yeah, so they're going to the find Jets your quarterback, 30. no doubt about that. Yeah. And then finally, in another big game, we have the 12-2 and Arizona Cardinals playing the Green Bay Packers 10-4. and The Packers are another team that, honestly, at 10-4, and it's hard to say this because in the NFL these days, that's great. But I have not been impressed. I watched them again on Sunday with the package flipping through games. Saw a good chunk, a decent chunk of that game. Um, three wins in a row. Hail Mary against Detroit. They, used, they took over three quarters to put away a Cowboy team who has benched their backup quarterback, he, you know, a game that they had no offense. And then even in Oakland last week, they just never really could put the Raiders away away. They won 30-20, to 20, but now they go on the road back-to-back weeks, another trip halfway across the country to play the Cardinals. And to be honest, the Cardinals, if they're not the best team in the league, they're the best team not named the Panthers right now because mm-hmm. – they're just excellent on both sides of the ball so far this year. And Arians is a good coach. I think they're going to put one on the Packers here. I really do. I'm going to lay four with the Cardinals. I I I, I see another. Yeah, uh, when you the know, Cardinals Green Bay win, doesn't look good, my friend. No, they when don't. The Cardinals Even win in a win too, last win week against it. Oakland, and it's it's back-to-back road trips, so uh, I could support you on this one. You know, the Cardinals are outscoring their opponents by over twelve and a half points a game this year. That's a lot in the NFL. Yeah, I can't wait to see the look. It looks like the impending matchup between them and Carolina, just to see how that goes. Don't down. listen. I told you, Seattle to me is the one team. If Seattle gets in there, I'm fine because I think if Seattle plays Arizona or or Carolina, that would be an excellent game. I just want to see an NFC Championship game with two of those three teams because I really think that that there's a gap. In my opinion, what I've seen so far this season, I think there's a gap between those three and the rest of the NFC, and I think it's a pretty sizable one, and hopefully Arizona proves that out for me on Sunday. So I'm going with the Cardinals minus four, the Jets plus three, and the Chiefs minus 12.5. Well, there it is. You have it there, my friend. Uh, That's our NFL look at this week that is coming up. I don't think we're going to have enough time to jump into the previews of any other games because we're on short notice here. We do need to jump into the bowl talk. Uh, and talk about who we like in the bowl games that are coming up until our next broadcast, which will be on Monday. So we need to do that. And uh, I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about – maybe we could you know, preview some of the other ones that maybe we're not doing. I don't know if we have time for that. But we got to hit the ACDC. We'll be back right after this. Property Management at MVP Property Management, they know how busy you are. That's why they offer a comprehensive service throughout the letting process from arranging inventories to organizing pre-tenancy cleaning to dealing with deposit negotiations and liaising with service suppliers and maintenance. You can rely on MVP to offer a value for money 
quality and professional property management service. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a personalized service to each and every one of their clients. Call 844-MYMVPCC. That's 696-8722. or email info at mymvp.cc to find out more about their services today. MVP Property Management. Get an MVP on your side. All right, Emil. College football bowl games are uh, now in full force. Um, I'm joke. I, you know, I joke when I say there's 98 college bowl games. Do you happen to know offhand how many there really are? Forty. Forty bowl games. That's serious. How many 40. were around when we were kids? Twenty, maybe. Yeah. Well, if you're saying real young in the '70s, there's only about 15 max because a lot of teams. If you go back and look at old standings or an AP rankings from the '70s, you'll see teams that have really nice seasons, like that finished eight and three because there wasn't a bowl game for them to play in. I mean, I mean, there was. There was only about 15 bowl games back then. Yeah, so uh, we've been overrun with bowl games. I mean, some of these ones that were like, you know, why are they even playing this game? You know, a lot of times that happens. I look at the games like, oh, my God, why are these teams in a bowl game? And those end up being the wildest games ever. So you had a good I'm going to make yesterday. a confession here. I bitch about these bowl games every year, but I get sucked into watching and them. them. And once I start <laughs> watching them, I like them. Yeah, uh, the Miami Beach Bowl yesterday, Western Kentucky and South Florida. I knew it would be a good game going in, so it doesn't fall under that category. And uh, it definitely was that. South Florida jumped out early. Looked like they were going to have their way. Western Kentucky, as they are, you know, have the ability to do with their pass-happy offense, fought their way back, seized control, uh, lost it again, and then ended up regaining it. It was, you know, a real tug of war going on. At the end of the day, Western Kentucky ended up with a 45 to 35 win. For those of you who like offense, you got more than your fair share there. A total of 80 points called uh, scored in the game. Definitely went over the six, 68 and a half point total that uh, the game. Well, uh, let me do a setup for the fans. Here's what Chad and I decided to do this year because there is 40 bowl games. We decided we're each going to make 10 picks throughout the bowl season. So every time we do a show, we're going to scan the games till our next show, and if we have them, we'll pick them and, you know, we'll go through them. So far, we've each put out one pick. Uh, Chad took Arkansas State, who I happen to agree with them on, even though I didn't make it a pick. Uh, They Mm -hmm. lost to Louisiana Tech and former Florida quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Uh, that drops Chad's college record to a still impressive 26-17. and 17. That's his only bowl pick so far. Me, I put out Appalachian State, given 7.5. Uh, they only won by 2. Uh, they, they had control of the game and then lost it very quickly in the third quarter. Things went awry. Uh, so they won but didn't cover. That drops my college record to 23-20. and 20. So here we go. Why don't we do this? We'll go down the board. Uh, if it's a game worth even discussing, or if we have a pick, uh, we will. If not, we'll just keep going because because there's you know we'll just there's some games here we're not even going to talk about. Are you sure about that? Because you know those are the games that are going to end up being complete and total. Well, they may be, but I mean there's not going to be a lot to be said. Like let's start with this first one today. I have a pick. Okay, uh, you know you? Utah State is playing Akron. You would say that's. A terrible game but for me it's a good game to pick because i love akron plus seven and a half in this game mm-hmm. akron is not much of a team offensively granted but they have a pretty darn good defense if you study um you know defense there they've given up barely over 300 yards a game a veteran team that they finished the season on a four game win streak which which you know gives you you know a boost going into the bowl season and you look at utah state who's had much better seasons the last few years 
They finished six and six, losing three or four. To me, this is just a tough spot. Utah State's playing this game in Boise. They're not going to be excited about that. That's like, that's like a conference game to them. They go to Boise once every two years. So most of those kids, it's not going to be like, oh, boy, a new place to see. Nope. Right. So for me, I got Akron being the motivated team here, the the, the hotter team, So and I'm getting 7.5 points. So I'm going to take Akron plus 7.5 as one of my bowl picks. Yeah, it would easily be a, a pick that I would make as well. It's not, but uh, I could have easily made that same pick. I see this the same way as you. Utah State, down the stretch, lost three of their last four football games. Not as strong a team this year as they've had in the past, so uh, maybe a little bit of disinterest in a game like this. Akron um, is reaching new heights. They were a terrible team. They're coming back now. Won their last four football games. They're going to come into this thing feeling a whole lot better, so I could certainly uh, back you up on that one. This next game, uh, I do have a pick on, and you know, Temple has been everyone's darling this year, and rightfully so. They went out and had a great season, um, you know, did some things that people didn't expect them to do. Uh, 10-win season, 10-3 uh, and three coming into this game, and um, should be feeling good about themselves, except I think they had their mind set on winning the conference, and they didn't as they lost uh, the game to Houston 24-13. to I think that probably bummed them out. A good bit, and they may come into this thing a little bit off. Uh, We're talking about the Boca Raton Bowl here. Um, Toledo coming into this game, they too are in off of a loss, but a well-fought battle uh, with Western Michigan, and they've had a significant amount of time off and time to prepare here. So, you know, Toledo may come out in this game a little bit slower because of uh, they've had more time off, but ultimately I think they're going to end up being more prepared for this contest. Temple coming into this game, giving up, having given up 233 yards rushing um, in that game against Houston, and running the ball is something that Toledo happens to do very well. They are a balanced team, but they can run the heck out of the football. And uh, there have been a couple times this season for Temple where they couldn't handle the run game. I mean, South Florida rushed for 326 yards against them. When you've had that kind of stuff happen to you defensively, I just can't really support you being, um, you know, a what I want to call a a a solid favorite, in, you know, in a bowl game, and you know, shoot. For well, the line moved. This opened up as a pick, and now it's at you're getting two and a half points. And you know, I'll be honest, everything you're saying, I almost made this a pick for Toledo myself. Um, Temple gets a lot of kudos for their defense, but what people overlook is Toledo's played some pretty darn good defense, especially given their history of of not always being the strongest defensive team. And I think they've been in there with some better teams this year. I mean, they went to Arkansas, won a game. They blew out Arkansas State that you and I talked about on the previous show. That's a pretty darn good football team. They they beat them 37-7. to I mean, I, I kind of like who they played and, and how they play. And I think whatever slight edge Temple has in defense, Toledo has a much, much better and more dynamic offense than Temple. So I really like this pick you made. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Toledo in this one, even though I'm you know I'm a I'm a I'm a liker of Temple. I'm gonna take Toledo uh, as an underdog in this one. Uh, moving down the road, what do we got next? I have nothing on the Boise State uh, Northern Illinois game for the folks out there. Boise's an eight and a half point favorite. Um, if you made me pick it just on. These are two teams that always find themselves in bowl games and sometimes bigger bowl games. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably just lean toward taking the eight and a half points. This has been a down year for Boise. Um, and to me, when you're asking a team to win a bowl game by eight and a half points in a program that normally plays in a better bowl game than this, um, I'm not sure they're as interested in this game necessarily. Um, 
yeah, I would agree with you on that. I am leaning towards, uh, you know, taking Northern Illinois in this game because that is a lot of points. What scared me away is the fact that Northern Illinois has dropped their last two games, and I'm not sure what their mindset is. They've given up over 500 yards rushing in those last two games. So those are some things that concerned me there that kept me off of the game. They've not been able to stop the run, and they've had an inability to run the football in those last two games. But I would lean towards them um, in this game getting uh, eight and a half points. Uh, the second game uh, on on the slate there, I think I'm going to m- make a pick on that one. I don't know how you feel about it. So if you, if you do have a feeling about it, uh, let it be known because I do have it. My feeling on this one, I didn't make it a pick, but I would be I would be leaning Bowling Green in this game. I'm not. Georgia Southern plays some pretty good defense, uh, but you know they lost a game at the end of the year that concerns me against a team that they should be better than. I think it was Georgia State. If I have I don't have the schedule in front of me. And, uh, you know, Bowling Green could just score points like they're going out of style. And while they're not the greatest defensive team, I think Georgia Southern's pedestrian offense will help, you know, the the weaker Bowling Green defenses. And here's the thing. If Bowling Green gets ahead of them, I don't think Georgia Southern has the offense to match score. So that's the way I see it. Um, yeah, and I could certainly agree with your, your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Georgia Southern in this game. Um, I, I do like their rushing attack. I think it's going to present a serious problem for Bowling Green. Bowling Green's also losing their coach. That whole dynamic in bowl games over the years has proven to have been a problem for the team that is losing them. You kind of saw how BYU came out in their game, luckily for them. Um, you know, the Mormons don't know any better than to quit on a football game, so they managed to come back against Utah. But we may be looking at something along those lines there uh, with Bowling Green. And, again, I like Georgia Southern's attack. They did play Georgia this year. They may be a better-off team for that, having faced that kind of opposition and athlete um, coming into into this game. So I kind of like them getting these points here. I think they're going to come out. Uh, this is kind of new territory for them. I think they're going to feel really, really good about this game and uh, going to come in and, and uh, show their worth. I mean, they're fighting for respect here, and, you know, by golly, they really can't run the ball. They had a 489-yard rushing game. They had a 503-yard rushing game. I don't know if Bowling Green is really, really prepared for something like that. So I think this is going to be a tough one, maybe a nail-biter, and I think Georgia Southern is good for the uh, the big points in, in this contest. You're gonna, grabbing the seven points as, in George Southern. Gonna, okay, that, that, you know, I, I like points. I mean, I see your logic. That makes some, you know, and the other yeah, thing is that defense that I talked about, maybe it presents some problems because of the lack of preparation. You would you would think there would be some lack of focus. Hard to duplicate it. Point. Yeah, hard to duplicate yeah. that um, in, in, in preparing for it. And how hard is Bowling Green preparing and how focused are they on it with, you know, with the coach? moving out of there. So we'll see if I'm right on that one. On the Christmas Eve moving game, along. I've got nothing I've got nothing of any value to say on the Western Michigan mi- mi- Middle Tennessee State game. I mean, I, mm. I've seen Western Michigan play because I do watch some of those MAC games during the week. I don't have any uh, point of reference on Middle Tennessee, so I'm just going to refrain from from saying anything there. I don't it would be useless. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ride with Middle Tennessee, not as a pick. Um, just gonna lean in that direction. It's one of those lean things, so don't go ahead and putting me down for that. Western Michigan uh, has had a very uh, a good season. Let me not go overboard with it. A seven and five season. Uh, they didn't close out the way I think they wanted to, losing two of their last three. Middle Tennessee did you know win their you know they did win their final four football games. They do a lot of good things, and I think they can do. I think this is going to be one of those wild football games, uh, up and down the field. 
uh, all that kind of good stuff. And um, it, perhaps, you know, one of the buzzer beaters that you get in the early rounds of the NCAA tournament, this, this football game might resemble that type of thing where you get a, a late field goal or a late play. Um, I don't think it's the worthiest game to be trying to make some kind of a play on. So um, I will lean in Middle Tennessee's direction. And I'm, you know, I'm going to do the same thing with San Diego State. Um, in their game going out to Hawaii. It is a long trip for Cincinnati. Um, and I don't know how focused they can be in a game like this. That Hawaii Bowl, um, usually someone just fails to show up. Uh, you know, history has said that. One of the two teams just fails to get it together. They get uh, the grassy skirts usually takes out one team. And I'm going to bet that that Cincinnati, San Diego State being out west, uh, may not be uh, overly enamored by anything that goes on over I there. I have a pick uh, on this game. Do you? Okay, well, let me continue yes. with my little opinion here. Um, Cincinnati has not been long on defense. I know San Diego State uh, can run the heck out of the football. They have a pretty damn good uh, running back there, and I think the aim for them is going to be to control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, and limit the, pos- the uh, possessions for Cincinnati. I think that's something they're going to be a little bit successful in doing. Um, and because of that, I think I like them in this football game. I don't know if Cincinnati is going to be able to get off offensively as much. But well, you're as they not would making like a pick to. here. No, I'm going to lean slightly towards San Diego State as a one and a half point favorite in the uh, Hawaii Bowl. Well, the same Aloha. way we disagreed on the last game, I, I like Cincinnati in this game for several reasons. One, uh, the last couple of bowl games, Cutcliffe has coached his team has not done well. Um, I think. It's going to be a point of emphasis for him and his staff. You know, you don't want to keep losing bowl games. That's just it's not, it's not the way to go out every year. Number two, Vegas tells me something, and then the people tell me something here. Vegas opened up Cincinnati as a two-point favorite. Seven and five Cincinnati opened up as a two-point favorite against ten and three Mountain West Conference champion San Diego State. Mm-hmm. The line mm-hmm. has now moved three and a half points to the point that San Diego. I'm getting a point and a half with Cincinnati. Tells me everybody and their brother is taking Cincinnati. Now, the easy thing to do is you scan your bowl sheets, public squares, as they say, and they see the ten and three mm-hmm. team as a small at one point an underdog, and now a small chalk. They grab them. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. been in there with better teams. San Diego State, first of all, with Boise having a down year, the Mountain West was garbage this year. You look at San Diego State out of conference. California drilled them thirty-five-seven. They lost to South Alabama 34-27, so that great defense wasn't so great. And Penn State, one of the most pedestrian offenses of a power five in the Power Five conferences, hung 37 points on them. Then they go into mm-hmm. Mountain West play, and they dominate. Mountain West stinks. Cincinnati, on the other hand, has been in there with Temple. They've been in there with, with Memphis. And some of the teams in that conference are actually underrated. I'm going to take Cincinnati plus the one and a half. I think they're going to win this game. I think the grassy skirts are going to take out your Aztecs. Well, there you go. Uh, Like I said, it was a lean for me. I think it would be a fun football game to watch, though. Um, If you find yourself with nothing to do on Christmas Eve, uh, Cincinnati and San Diego State is the play for you. All right, obviously no games on uh, Christmas Day because that would just be completely ungodly. Um, we got to wait till Saturday for the next round of games. Connecticut and Marshall doesn't really, um, to use a funny term, tickle my fancy. I've got nothing on it. Uh, don't think Me I'll be either. watching it either. So no. can we skip it? Yes. All right. We're skipping it? We can skip it. All right. Yes, we're Can't skipping skip the it. next one. Can't skip the next one. It involves my alma mater. Last time we took a trip out to the Sun Bowl, and we've already, we're not going to cream this. 
we're not going to cream the Sun Bowl again, all right? No. We already creamed the whole Sun Bowl. We already creamed the whole. Uh, we'll never have a listener, a regular listener from El Paso, Texas, after how we did these people last week. It's not usually a fun bowl. The last time uh, my school was in this, they were changing a coach, and they lost. Lo and behold, we're changing a coach, and there's a chance we might lose this game. I don't have an opinion, win or lose, on this one, because I think the line is correctly placed. I do know this. I really like this game to go over 62 points. Uh, Miami doesn't do defense, hasn't done defense for the last few years. Washington can really, really do offense. Uh, Washington doesn't do defense. Miami can really do offense. Logic just says uh, we'll just keep scoring till the bulbs blow out. So um, if I was going to go anywhere with this, 62 seems low. If that sounds crazy, uh, it's because, you know, that's the way this game is. I think 62 is low on this game. If I'd do anything, I'd go over Points I agree of, with your assessment. In this one. I, I agree completely with your assessment. I almost made, you know, I think it's too easy here to make Washington State a pick, though. I mean, it's Washington mm-hmm. State. They don't, they're not used mm-hmm. to playing in bowl games. Um, mm-hmm. If Miami was going to quit on this season, I think they would have done it already, and they didn't. They actually put together what what is a pretty de- decent season. I mean, they're eight and four. I mean, for as much as, you know, I mean, I think the manner in which they lost to Clemson in North Carolina has taken any shine off their season. Had they been in competitive in those games, we'd feel a lot different about Miami because they did take Florida State to the wire. And like I said, they were ended up 8-4. and four. But I think the manner in which they lost has hurt the, you know, their season. But they haven't been that bad. So I'm, I'm reluctant to take a Washington State team and give points to Miami because I think Miami has the better players. It's just a matter of you know who shows up. So um, I'm like you. There's going to be a lot of points. Yeah, I think uh, there'll be a bunch of points running around everywhere uh, on this game. Uh, call me crazy. Uh, I have a pick on this next the football game. Do you? What's your opinion? Yes, on I it? do. do you have too. a pick on? I do. Okay. Have a pick. Uh, call me. Call me nuts. I know you're a big Pac-12 guy. Uh, for some reason, Amal, I think I like Southern Miss catching nine points in this game. Um, Washington closed out their game. What? First of all, Washington's from the Pac-12. They're a six and six football team. They closed out the year by blowing out their last two opponents, 52-7, 45-10. They're feeling really good about themselves. What's their prize? They get to play some team called Southern Miss, who is, uh, was damn near had a foot out of all of college football um, a couple of years ago. Can't say enough about the job that's been done by Todd Munkin over there in Southern Miss. They come into this game off of a loss against Western Kentucky. It just looks like all the world, Washington should just be a runaway winner in this game. You lost to Western Kentucky by 17 points, and this Washington team from the bigger and better and badder conference of the uh, Pac-12 has just completely crushed their last two opponents. Um, everything says Washington should just run away with this game by 20, 30 points. I'm going to take Southern Miss. Southern Miss does some things on defense that I really like. They're good against a run. They force turnovers, um, and they're balanced on offense, and I think they're going to have a little something for a Washington team that may not be ultra-prepared for this opponent in this game. I don't know that they're going to you know, turn over every rock to get ready for Southern Miss. And Southern Miss, um, this is, you know, there's a Super Bowl for them to be in this position. Um, the only thing they may suffer from is a lack of experience, but I kind of like Southern Miss to hang around in this game and cover this number. Wow, we are we are uh, disagreeing again. And you know what? I, I've seen Southern Miss. I like the team they have. Um, but my concern here is I just think Washington has far better athletes. And I do think Peterson, who is a good bowl coach typically, We'll have his kids ready to play. A winning season is better, you know, not to be captain obvious, but a winning season mm-hmm. is better than a losing season. Somehow, sure. finishing seven and six feels a lot different than six and seven. 
And I think that difference in athletic ability and Peterson as a coach is just it's going to be a little too much for Southern Miss. I kind of feel like it'll be one of those games that'll be close and they'll get into the third fourth, fourth quarters and somehow Washington will pull away and win this game by a couple touchdowns. So I'm going to take the Huskies and be on the opposite side of you in that game. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, good. it's good that we have a little bit of uh, opposite sideness going on here. We can't have us agreeing all, all the time in this thing. Indiana and Duke. Um, Not much I, I don't really have in an terms opi- of a yeah, pick. I don't really have an opinion. Yeah, I don't really have an no. opinion on this one at all. Uh, Virginia Tech and Tulsa, uh, it's a lot of points. Beamer's last Tech. game would lead me to think that the kids are going to go balls to the wall for him. Now, I mean, obviously that's an obvious uh, angle, but I just really believe they have the better players in Tulsa, and I think they're going to be the more motivated team. Yeah, even though I think, uh, even though we all know Virginia Tech um, has a defensive culture, just feel like this point, this game's going to have a lot of points scored. So if I was going to do something, maybe I kind of play around with that total at 61.5. We could get around 70 points in this contest. And then the final game we're going to talk about, it's Nebraska and UCLA. Uh, you know what? UCLA is a 6.5-point favorite in this contest. I don't have a pick on this, but Nebraska, like they're like roaches. First of all, what are you doing here at 5-7? and seven? Um, you go and do things during this season that you you know really wasn't supposed to be doing. Like, what are you doing beating Michigan State? Uh, what are you doing losing to Purdue? Nebraska is as unpredictable a team as there is out there. Um, and for that reason, I might just like them in this game against UCLA. Um, you, well, you, what's, you always why, why should we me. make UCLA the big favorite here? You always accuse me of being a Pac-12 homer, but in this game, I – I'm on board with you. I'm, t- I'm making it a pick. I'm taking Nebraska plus six and a half. Here's my concern for UCLA. Something doesn't smell right with the way their season ended. Um, you know, my team did them pretty good in that second half. They ran the ball down their throat. Um, I think Mora, you know, I, I I just have a feeling that he's doing investigative work with his agent trying to get back to the mm. NFL. And mm. if he is, the kids will know that. Now, we might not know that. But I just got a feeling it's going to be hard for them in this game to get excited. Nebraska's a name, I get that. But they're 5 and 7. So you're going to be watching film of a team that the kids know are 5 and 7. And the coaches mm-hmm. are going to try to tell them they beat Michigan State and all that good stuff. But kids are kids and they're going to say they're 5 and 7. What are they even doing playing us in a bowl? And right. you know, UCLA's got to get excited about that. I don't think they will. On the other hand, I think that Mike Riley's a very good coach who hasn't had a very good season, but I think he's been a good coach. And I think getting getting six and a half points, Nebraska will acquit themselves well. If they lose this game, I think it's going to be tight. And I, I think it's way too many points, so I'll take the six and a half. All righty. So let's recap it. You have four. I have three. Here's my three. My three are I am uh, taking Toledo as a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Temple. I'm taking Georgia Southern as a touchdown underdog um, against – wait, no, timeout. Toledo is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Did I say that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Toledo's a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Temple. I'm taking them on that. Georgia Southern is a seven-point underdog against Bowling Green. I'm going to take them on that. And Southern Miss catching nine points against Washington, I think – uh, I'm on that one as well. So those are my three. Uh, go ahead and tell us what your four are. My four, I'm taking Akron today plus seven and a half against Utah State. I'm taking Cincinnati plus one and a half against San Diego State. 
I'm on the opposite side of you in that game. I'm taking Washington minus the nine against Southern Miss, who you're taking. And then finally, mm-hmm. I'm taking Nebraska plus six and a half against the UCLA Bruins. And there you go. Uh, so we've got you all updated through uh, through through Monday, I guess, since we're going to be back on on Monday trying to uh, recap what we did here in the NFL. Um, let's see what kind of drama the NFL will provide for us. I'm sure there will be drama in these college football games. Usually the drama is left on the field, so um, I'm sure there will be some crazy football uh, bowl games coming up here. These early ones do they do provide entertainment, Emil. And so oh, yeah. while we're sitting yeah, they do. We always, we always them, kill them, but you want to know what? At the end of the day, we watch them because they're fun. Yeah, great time killers. If you don't feel like watching a Christmas story and a kid with his tongue stuck on the freezing pole for the 37th year in a row, um, a bowl game between two teams you didn't watch all year is a healthy distraction. So please do enjoy that. We do want you to enjoy your Christmas. We want you to have a Merry Christmas. Don't hurt yourself out there shopping. Um, and uh, keep yourself intact. And for Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you guys again next Monday. Thanks for listening. Strangers have it